When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the best damn movie related show here on the internet. This is your host as always for movie lovers tonight, John DeGoria. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to do this every single day being able to talk about movies in front of a virtual water cooler. So, here's my thing. This is what I'm going to be talking about on my way to work. So, basically I've been thinking about movies that influence me to do what I do, to talk about movies and stuff like that. And I'm probably going to do this for about five days where I'm going to be talking about my top five movies that actually influence me. So I'm going to do that and then do a couple of things with movie news and stuff like that. This is just like a little relaxation podcast episode. So sit back and relax. So basically the movies that actually got me into doing what I love doing is the movie Jaws. Jaws to me was one of my favorite movies growing up. As a matter of fact, it actually got me into researching more about sharks and the way they live underneath the ocean floor. And not only that, but if you think of Jaws as a horror film as a whole, it's something eerie, something, there's some type of mystery that lays behind, lays in the ocean floor. And not only that, but I think another thing too is like that opening scene with Jaws. We don't get to see the actual shark itself starting off. Instead, we actually see a woman in the middle of the night, skinny dipping, swimming in the ocean. And... All you see is something that just grabs her and pulls her underneath the the water. And we don't know what it is, but there's that mystery and that area effect of something happened to her. Something that we don't know. That's something that we just can't describe yet. And then when you're over there and you see Brody and then you see Richard Dreyfus and stuff like that. Where they have this shark that's actually haunting the waters. Which is actually what pulled this woman under from the get-go. And... They ha- it's up to them to put a stop to this shark eating people on the beach. And to me, the special effects, yeah, that may be kind of outdated now. But if you think about it, about it like this, too, for that time period, the shark actually looked pretty freaking realistic, if you think about it. And then, too, the mechanics of the shark actually broke down during the making of the movie. So, therefore, Steven Spielberg had to go in and actually made some adjustments to how he wanted to make his film. And the way he made his film was actually perfect. We don't get to see the shark or anything. We see something pulling this barrel that's supposed to be tracking the shark, but we don't actually see the shark. We see barrels in this shed that's being knocked down, and we don't see the shark. All we hear is doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. That's all we hear. We don't hear an actual, we don't actually get to see the actual shark or anything like that until like the grand finale. And I think that's a perfect slow burn for this type of movie where you have this tension build, where you have something that's haunting on this beach that we don't get to see until like later on. All we see is like a fin 
of the shark and everything, but we don't actually get to see how big this shark actually is until later on when Brody and Richard Dreyfus and I forgot what the other guy's name is, uh, where he's actually talking about him being bitten by the shark or anything, but we don't get to see all that until like later on in the movie. And I love the, I love also too, that there's actually some characters that you can probably relate to or the fact that, you know, there's these layers to these characters where you have this big old huge, huge thing where we, where they didn't have it back then, where it actually developed the characters a lot better, developed the characters back in the, and get this, this movie was made in the 70s, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened with the 80s, it's like, bam, this is your character, this is your plot, this is what it's about, and that's it, there's no groundwork to how the character got a certain type of way, I'm also referencing The Shining, for instance, and everything with Jack Nicholson's character, where you don't have no lead up, you don't have anything, what you see is what you get, you don't have no character arc, you don't have anything, and that's automatically how it is. With this movie, with Brody and everybody else, you actually get to be introduced into this world of Jaws and be introduced into these characters for the very first time. And that's also what makes Jaws really special and everything too, is because you have these characters, because you they want to do what's right and everything. And not only that, but even the mayor himself is a total douchebag because Brody's over there telling him, Look, we gotta close the close the beach during the summertime. We have to close the beach. There's something in the water. We need to go in ahead, get rid of this thing, and then we can welcome these uh, tourists back into the water again. But no, the mayor's a douchebag. He doesn't want to listen to Brody at all. Instead, he goes on ahead and says, "No, we're gonna lose money. We're gonna lose revenue from the tourists and everything. We're not gonna close the beach dam." So guess what? You have a bunch of people that are being attacked by this shark during the opening day of the summertime, and after all, Brody told them, so don't expect lawsuits whenever this happens. But, you know, not only that, he's also protecting the people of the city, but he's also protecting his own family from going into this water because they don't want, he doesn't want a shark to attack them. And that's actually something realistic. He's trying to do something from a father's perspective to try and protect his family and that's what I love about his character he's trying to do the right thing but the mayor just won't listen to him nobody's really listening to him at all and you know I think that this is actually a pretty good well-built movie that Steven Spielberg made during the time and I really enjoyed Jaws and there's actually going to be a couple of other movies that's going to be on my list of movies that I'm going to revisit again so stay tuned for that Another thing I want to mention is this. One of my friends actually posted this from Screen Rant, and it's basically talking about the box office and how it's actually it's actually scary about how neck and neck it is between uh, Ford versus Ferrari for this year. And then last year, I have to get... Matter of fact, I'm going to do the numbers later on tonight and everything on tonight's podcast. But when you look at Fantastic Beasts, on, Beasts Part 2... Rise of, uh, with Grindelwald and everything. It's neck and neck close enough to where uh, Ford versus Ferrari is and everything as far as numbers go, as far as the opening weekend box office goes. And it's kind of weird in a sense, but then again, Ford versus Ferrari is also a whole different monster compared to Fantastic Beasts where you have this big old huge franchise from Harry Potter and then they're doing spinoff movies of it. But Ford versus Ferrari is also going to be one of those movies that's going to be nominated for Academy Award winning nominations and stuff like that because it's a biopic. You also have Won't You Be My Neighbor starring Tom Hanks coming out soon. So that's going to be an Academy Award contender. But when you look at the two of them together, 
the reason why uh, Fantastic Beasts didn't do so well at the box office is because of the fact that if you're a Harry Potter fan and if you read the books and everything, you're going to love that movie. But if you're going into it without reading any type of books, reading any type of material or anything like that, and all you know is the movies from the Harry Potter world itself and not reading the books, you're going to be lost as anything. Because one of my friends described it like this, and I have to actually agree with him because I actually read the books twice. But for someone that didn't read the books, I can actually understand from their perspective. Because it was like going into a Hogwarts school of witchcraft and trying to take a test on on something that you didn't even study for. And that's basically what this movie is. It's one of those movies that gravitates towards the fans of the Harry Potter world. And if you don't know the Harry Potter world within the books itself, you're going to be lost as anything. And you're going to, it's going to be like walking into a test that you never even prepared for or anything like that. So therefore, you're going to be lost. You're going to be dazed and confused and everything. So therefore, that's one of the reasons why this movie didn't do so hot as well. It's because people didn't gravitate towards this movie that much like they like that Warner Brothers thought it was going to be but other than that though I think that Ford versus Ferrari is going to be in a very good spot coming up this weekend and then on Thanksgiving weekend too you're actually going to have a couple of family movies of course and then you're going to have uh your why won't why don't you be my neighbor and I cannot wait to see that movie as a matter of fact Tom Hanks just found out that Mr. Rogers and him are related I don't know how true that story actually is I need to find out from a more legit source because so far the sources I've run across and everything hasn't been posting that all except one one site which I don't really trust so I'm gonna have to go back and re-look at that but anyways tell me what you guys think what are your main influence of certain films and everything what got you into liking movies what got you into talking about movies I would like to know and I also want to mention this too I'm doing a holiday season bracket where we're going to have the have movies, Christmas movies, facing off against each other. And at the end of December, we're going to actually have the winner of that bracket. So the bracket will start in, at the... Uh, hold on one second. <clears throat> we'll actually start on Thanksgiving Day and end on the 25th of December. So I'm going to have the bracket up pretty soon. I hope that you guys enjoy that. And then, of course, if you also have any questions or anything like that for me that you guys want to send in, go ahead and send them in and everything. I'll go on ahead and take y'all, y'all's questions, and I'll answer them on the next podcast. And as always, thank you for supporting my channel. Thank you for being a fan of my channel. And until next time, bye-bye.